What the fuck is really good, everyone? We're unlocking this episode back from... We recorded it last summer with old friend of the pod, Mark Seekings, whose new collection for his line, Seekings, uh, has dropped today. And you should go buy it, because it's insane heat, as you already know. And not only that, uh, I did the music for the campaign video, and the campaign video was done by KJ, a.k.a. Ion2, KJ Rothweiler, that is. Um, so the whole thing is an Ion affair, so we're really stoked about the collection. So we're unlocking this so anyone can hear. And for Seeking's heads who are hearing us for the first time, I already know you want to hear more, so go to patreon.com slash the Ion Pack, and you can do just that. You already know. Brain Podcast. Rub Vaseline on the lid. Patreon. These guys are liberal filmmakers. They cannot be trusted. What, no Q&A? Why do we have to see his fucking name in the movie? As a filmmaker, he is nothing. A zero. He's a a pig piece of shit. I I go mentally ill. Instagram. Spike Young sucks bad. Wes Anderson sucks. Wes Anderson, you are a creative. You get it. I always wear this bucket hat when I'm directing. I don't make movies. I make films. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Never make movies. I'm my fucking mind producer trust fund, baby. I call it director views. This is a film. Anything by Cassavetti. Joe Schmo did the fucking food. Ratio. Spike Young sucks bad. I was obsessed with trash. Give me breath. Movies trash. James Gray sucks. Left wing politics. Best fingers. Bro, actor. I'm crazy about sound. Make out with girls. Josh Shackley. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be making special films. Tell them about Get away with her. Hey, cool thing. Come here. Spike Young sucks bad. Sit down beside me. There's something I gotta ask you. Steven Sonnenberg. What are you gonna do for me? I mean, are you gonna liberate us girls from male, white, corporate oppression? Your own personal hang-up as a woman. Word up. Fear of the female Fear, fear, black. Fear, baby. I just want you to know that we can still be friends. Let everybody know. Yeah. All right, what the fuck is good, everybody? We're back. We're here with the legend Mark Seekings in the hills of Los Angeles, California. One of the most beautiful cribs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Big oh, time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I was like, the whole time I was like, to Ion 1, I was like, 
dude, you got to see Mark's crib. Like, yeah. If yeah. there was ever a selling point for me to move to LA, yeah. like it's shit like this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sick. Yeah, I never know what people feel about places like this, but this place specifically because I live here. Yeah. Yeah, I told you the other night about like when people come over because it's like very you know it looks old outside mm. it is old it's from the 50s it's old yeah and <clears throat> when i got if i have friends come over or people that i you know acquaintances come over i'm like what are they really like what are they thinking rolling up here when the door opens you know right yeah because for me i love it it's a richard neutra designed house from the 50s but it's like a more budget one yeah like it was built for like a a school teacher who traveled half the year. Right. So she built it in a weird way where like the bottom floors were intended to be rentals. Right. Um, but yeah, I was telling you like how when someone came to deliver food, they're like, do you like movies? And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was hoping you'd just leave it at the door. That. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been good to be on here. But, <laughs> Um, <clears throat> he's like, my favorite movie was filmed in this house. And I know a little bit about the history of this place. And I was like, it wasn't, didn't right. say that, but I was like, wasn't but like, what, what's movies? Like yeah. only fools fall in love. And I was like, curious to go look it up and see kind of what that sort of like, what that vantage point was because he thought it was this, you know? Right. And it was a stall house, which is like a crazy iconic yeah. mid-century mm -hmm. home in the hills. Some, I don't know where it is, but it, it does have that kind of, that sort of view of the city at night, so. Yeah, for someone to even mistake it just shows how sick yeah, your view right. is. It was cool, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I said, I, I do wonder, and that was kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So that's what some people yeah. think of it, you know? Yeah. But, uh. You care about stuff that has history to it. That's something I've always like noticed about you. Like mm. things that have a story, things that have like a particular kind of aesthetic, something that has like some sort of romance to it. Um, and something I wanted you to talk about was just like your journey up until get up, you know, getting to this point with like everything that you've been up to. Because like I met you a long time ago, and yeah. it was a different, it was a different scene. Yeah, and I'm happy to see you here thriving. Yeah. It was a long journey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it before you guys came over. We met at the Dior store, yep. right? Yep. Was there any, was there like, did we just, we just vibed, right? There was no mutual friend, really. Was I was there? taking the train to New York to buy Dior home jeans. Crazy. <laughs> like, I think the first time I may, may have met you, I was like maybe still in high school and I had taken the train up for the day to like get a pair of fucking like dark waxed. Yeah. you know 18 centimeter whatever <laughs> the days yeah um yeah i don't know where to start with that. <laughs> there's layers to that um it's a good entry point to like maybe everything that happened since then but even before that because you you did stuff before then there was there was snowboarding and there was you know there, you've had a, yeah, long, you've had a wild ride i guess so yeah yeah i've always said like people that i would talk to about all this are like how did you go from like you know competitive snowboarding or pursuing snowboarding professionally to like fashion yeah and that seemed really weird and it's like i've had 
we'll get to it, some full circle moments lately where it's like, I've kind of not entered back into the snowboard world, but like just had some moments where, um, you know, like snowboard heroes of mine are sort of back in the picture and like fans of the brand, which is right. crazy. Yeah, that's so sick. But um, yeah, like I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think we kind of like, is it known that where you guys are from? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big shouts to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Big shouts. Shout always, out to yeah. PA. I don't really love PA where I'm from that much, but <laughs> there's a charm to it. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I grew up in like super rural Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um, like super, I guess my first real like passion was skateboarding. Yeah. And, you know, I would live and breathe it and it, i was obsessed with it you yeah. know <clears throat> and it was a bummer because all the skate spots there if you could even call them that it's like anything that was paved was like a skate spot right, right, right. A curb right anything but, that wasn't uh, dirt yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> and you know I, I just started out like i was hooked and uh you know i'd, I'd kind of looked I would look at, I remember like looking at California. This is like pre-internet. Right. You know? Yeah. Like dating myself. This is like yeah. properly like pre-internet. Yeah. And I remember like being obsessed with brands, obsessed with like Volcom, obsessed with this company called like 16 Skateboards, which is like a brand for kids that was off of, they made like smaller decks. Cause I was like, tiny at that point yeah like yeah 12 13 years old right but um yeah i remember being like obsessed with california and being like i wish i lived there and i would be like calling these companies they have like the in like the back of ccs or in the back of like thrashers and stuff they would have mm -hmm. like companies numbers and like po boxes and, you were calling. and i'd be calling these numbers like asking for like stickers and shit yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever little like thing i could grab like i wanted to be a part of it so bad yeah, yeah and i think like that was sort of you know that was like where this idea i guess branding marketing like i was hooked yeah. off things that these guys surely didn't know they were doing right. you know, but it was working yeah um it's probably like just these kids launching a brand and yeah you know but me as like the 12 13 right. year old on the east coast with no access to it was like obsessed yeah yeah um and that's kind of been my personality since through a lot of these things but um so it's been kind of full circle because now you're the brand that there's a phone number for that like kids could maybe call up and i think about that that's crazy mm -hmm. you know i yeah. do think about it like you know I think about like, what are these images that are coming out? Who's associated with this? Like, yeah, you know, because these images, like the Julian images will, will be around forever. And yeah, for listeners who don't know, yeah, let's introduce the, it. the first campaign that was shot for Mark's brand seekings. His last name was with Julian Casablancas, lead singer of the strokes legend if there ever was one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah obviously one of our fucking heroes yeah there were other images yeah associated with your brand that had 
the legend Kanye West in them. Yeah. Who people know you have some association Well, with. okay. So there was a girl who I've been working on this thing, right? Mm. Yeah. Secretly. Yeah. I worked on this brand for a year and a half with no one knowing. Right. And you saw, you were like one of the very few people that I would send those like disappearing yeah. Instagram photos yeah. to. Yeah. I'm sure everybody was so annoyed with me by the end of that <laughs> photo, like bozo. Because people would try to screenshot it. And then like, if they did, it would I be would like, see it. you would see that yeah. they screenshotted it. So then they'd have to start taking pictures from another phone. <laughs> Deep. People do that. I Deep cut. No, I'm just fucking with <laughs> <I> mean, you. <laughs> so I worked on this thing totally in private for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I would show, like, I would show friends of mine, like, we obviously know each other from fashion. Yeah. You know, and like, we've kind of lived that together through the New York years, through like, Balmain was hot in like yeah. 2010, 2011. Like, so there are people who I would share kind of on that side. And then there were people towards the end of the cycle that I would share with who were like sort of more like, I guess, strategic people. Right. Um, and in this, in this particular instance, I showed it to my homegirl Peta who had been around for styling, I think since season one with Yeezy. And we always got along and I always thought she was super chic, super cool. Um, and we'd always kept in touch. So, and she, um, she lived in Australia, but she worked, she was like one of the main people at Australian Vogue. And I sent her like product photos, like the photos of the denim, like I sent to you. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so crazy. Like, it's about time you do your own thing and, like, yeah. put your name on this. And, like, the product looks like what I would expect from you. Like, high praise. I was, you know, I was geeked. Mm. But, um, you know, we, like, did this product nerd out. And she was, like, super thrilled on everything. And she's like, who are you shooting for the campaign? I was like, ah, and at this point, this was true. I was like, I want to shoot, you know, like a guy that I feel represents the brand, like looks good in the clothes, is the right look. And then maybe a girl who has like sort of like a skate tomboy yeah. sort of look, but still cute, like just people who look good in the clothes. But I didn't want brand affiliation when you saw people's faces. I right. wanted it to be like, Oh, I've never seen this person. No, no, like real judgment based on affiliation to anything. So right. super unknown. Right. And she was like, yeah, I don't like that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. What do you like? You know? And she's like, who's your, who's your ideal? You get one shot at this. Who's your ideal person? And I realized immediately i was like whoa like i didn't think about the images or the campaign or that person the way i thought about the product yeah and it was like it was I, we hung up and it was super scary but when she asked me that i knew immediately i was like julian casablanca's right away yeah and it was wild like we hung up and 
that is a, I didn't have like a link to him and it was kind of a far-fetched sort of thing, but I hung up and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. right away, like that's, that's got to happen. So shout out to Peta, you know, yeah. like I really feel like she put me in because so few people knew I could have talked. That's kind of a duh thing to ask, like, yeah. or to say, like, you need to, for your first campaign, you need yeah, to yeah. shoot like the person in your head. But, um, I've been so focused on product and making the best product I could that I wasn't thinking about it's stupid, but I wasn't thinking about like the marketing and the images. No, so no, much. of course. Yeah. Totally. It's a similar thing to movies where like some people will like labor away on a yeah. script. Yeah. And then people are like, Oh, who are you gonna have in it? And they're like, Oh, I don't I don't know. I like wrote the thing. No, exactly. Like, I was thinking yeah. about that shit. Well, no, I did it is a big part of it. Yeah. I mean the scare that's what I always said the scariest thing was I always thought like doing music, I always thought, Oh, one day I'm gonna make music that I like love and I finally think is there and like that's the day that I that it all happens and then I finally made music I liked and I was like oh wait now what I yeah. never thought farther than that I thought yeah. it's like no I make the good shit yeah and that's the goal and I forgot like but then maybe no one hears it like <laughs> you in, gotta think in a way it's that. a good thing though because you did really focus on like the craft of what you were doing without like star power like you were like because right. you yeah. weren't in that mindset initially when you were designing everything I think that it shows in the work. Totally. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, you know, I didn't plan, I guess at the time of working on this, I did have like affiliation in a couple different areas of like fame and celebrity that I didn't really want to tap into. Like I really wanted the work to be and the product to be the focal point. Yeah. Mm. Because that's what I always, like I think there's a million brands out there who have like, great images that look cool right it's like oh like here's another cool guy right <laughs> you yeah. know like and not to discount that but like there's a lot of really cool like tumblr type of mood board photos out there mm -hmm. and some of them are made by brands that are currently putting things out um i was like the product needs the product is first yeah um so yeah we hung up and I remember it like distinctly, you know, and I was like, who do I know? And I first hit up a guy who I actually did have like multiple angles. Um, I'm friendly with Warren Fu, who's done a lot of the creative with Julian and those guys, mm -hmm. both the voids and the strokes and like Daft Punk stuff. And uh, but I, I don't. I didn't feel like I knew him well enough to like come in like that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then I knew a guy through sort of my work in like concert, like tour merch. Yeah. Um, who his mom was like their long strokes, longtime publicist. Oh. So I talked to yeah. him and then it became kind of apparent that like, the more, just the more I thought about it, I was like, if it comes through this guy, the first question will be like, well, what's the money like? Right. And, you know, I funded this thing myself yeah. and there was not a, there was not a big well to, yeah. <laughs> to dip into. So, you know, we had one conversation and, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's psyched to have that angle, but yeah. I didn't really feel like it was the one. 
And then I hit up, you know, similarly like to the way we'll talk, like I'll hit you and be like, oh, like there are things that we go back on, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're like the first person I'll hit about certain things. Yeah. With the Void stuff, it's Asian Dan. Big shouts to Big Asian shouts. Dan. Yeah. I've been Big an Asian shout. man Dan, Asian, Asian, Asian man Dan? Yeah, Asian man Dan fan for a long fucking time. Dude, like he was heavy on like Le Meme. Yeah. When I when I met him, I think. He was on my blog roll when I was 16. <laughs> yeah. So I hit Dan and I was like, more just on some like, bro, like this is what I'm thinking. Like this needs to go down. What do you think? Yeah. And he was like, oh, like I know someone on the management team. Like I got you. I'll intro you. Sorry. And yeah, shout out to him for like putting his name on the line with that person yeah you know because like that's a big you know that's a that's a bold move and you never know how thing, yeah. you never know how someone's going to represent you after they like right, right, right. really yeah. vouch for you you know yeah. yeah so i i ended up talking to this guy dimitri um and he is local here in la he manages some other people he's just uh I think has been heavily involved in the music scene for quite a long time, but he was kind of like on the management side on the management team and, um, running special projects for the voids or something. And, uh, we connected and talked on the phone and it was like, I felt like I'd known him. I felt like, like the way that he spoke oddly reminded me like of how Asian Dan spoke. Yeah. Like the same sort of like, mannerisms and stuff when we met but like the coolest like no you know and this is first conversation about like i have a clothing brand that i can barely show you images of (laughs) that i want to shoot on like who i consider the biggest rock star on the planet yeah right it's like a hard sell yeah (laughs) you know yeah but it wasn't um we chatted and he was like he's like He's cool. Um, head to toe Rick. When I'd see him. I'm like, oh, this, and I, I, I got that sort of preface from Dan, but I'd see photos. And I'm like, oh yeah, well he's at least going to get it. You know? right, yeah. So we chatted and then um, amazing conversation right off the, you know, mm-hmm. right from the jump. And then he introduced me to this girl, NASA, who runs cult records, shout out cult records. Like, big they're so rad. Everyone They're there sick as fuck. Underrated. Yeah. Like, always putting out really cool mm. shit. Yeah. Um, so I talked with, that was the second conversation with NASA. And, um, yeah, that was like October of last year. So almost a year ago, depending on when this comes out. <laughs> uh, but that was October of last year. And, it was it was a slow this was mind you this is like proper like lockdown yeah, vibe yeah, yeah. too yeah. you know like nobody's meeting up yeah i don't think maybe in new york you guys were but out here people were not doing anything yeah. no we've got a kinship with you too because we both had projects that were born out of yeah exactly covid and quarantine that's era. true yeah, 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 yeah. bizarre yeah. and they're both pretty successful yeah <laughs> i do want to touch on that too oh yeah, yeah. but uh oh, yeah. 
just my feelings on right lockdown and all that. But yeah. So I had these conversations with Dimitri and then NASA and they were rad and they were super positive and I sent them stuff and they're like, this is cool. I actually didn't know how NASA felt about it at first. And I hit Dimitri on the side, even though I'd only talked to him like twice before. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yo, like, what do you think? But he's like, no, dude, like, you know, like she vibes with it. Yeah. She's like super down to sort of do the intro and whatever. So this is October, like early October. And we, I wish I didn't put my phone over there because I could can see it. <laughs> it took a long time. It took a really like super long time to really get that first meeting with Julian. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's sort of like an off the grid guy, which is part of a why, yeah. why it's so cool to see him like because yeah. it's almost like it's like do we see julian anymore like we we know the images from back in the day and right it's sort of like where is he he's like right well, off the, in the distance the other legend. cool thing about the story this also ties into like our lockdown birthed projects um is just you really start to learn things that seem impossible it's like if you just ask yeah you ask <laughs> yeah and, and like sometimes people are just most of the time people are just down you know if you seem like a genuine person and you genuinely want to do something cool with them they're like hell yeah that's how i feel man like i i'm a big proponent of like you know kids will reach out mm -hmm. and be like how did you ever get a job with yay how did these yay photos happen how did you do this and it's like like we opened with like you know i've i become like really obsessed with the things i'm interested in yeah so yeah. when i'm when i when i say i'm like about something i'm really about it and i like will study it and research it and make sure that if i'm gonna like hit the dude yeah that i know what's up yeah at least to the best of my ability in that moment right, right. and um yeah like i i've said this to kids it goes a long way to just be polite and yeah. to like reread the message before yeah. you send it a couple times and make sure that like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, no, it's am I like old school to say like, oh, you shouldn't be sending like typos to people that you're trying to ask for no, a totally. job yeah. with. No, it's yeah. big. Yeah. It reflects where you're at. But I've, I've met with people like off the gram or off email or whatever who have expressed interest, who have just been like really sweet and well-spoken and like, I could tell they took the time to like think about what they were sending, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because that's always how I've been. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have some supernatural, supernatural ability to, you know, do whatever it is right. that we do in any of these creative yeah. worlds. Like, yeah. but I really care a lot and I study a lot and yeah. make sure that I'm not coming across as like some offensive, like, clout chasing social climber yeah yeah i would hope <laughs> well yeah i mean we feel close to you also because of the fan thing like we are big fans of the things that we're big fans of we nerd yeah. out yeah. on it and we're passionate about it and the thing i'll say about you is like super persistent like kind of never lost focus yeah thanks yeah i mean i forget how i worded it to someone but it's like 
polite persistence maybe we'll call it yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there is a way to be persistent without being annoying you oh, know yeah. what i mean right and i had i've had to do it for years with people because motherfuckers are busy that we like mm-hmm. oh, people yeah. that are putting out work that we respect like it's hard yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. it's a lot of shit going on yeah, yeah. like everybody's busy you yeah. know you guys are busy i'm bu- everybody's busy yeah um yeah persistence without being like nagging and annoying or right. like people like showing up on your Instagram. I do see it yeah. where it's like, follow, unfollow, follow. And they're like, oh, and just like half baked messages to you, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, yo, I would like, I'd probably meet up with you if you weren't doing that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like FYI, seekings will be growing, you know, like, yeah, I do want people who genuinely act that way and feel that way. Right, definitely. Um, So, with the with that shoot we um yeah i i met with so dimitri is a g he like set it up in a way where i was kind of like vetted by the different members of the voids so backtrack i was like i want to shoot julian and he was the one where he he was like maybe it'd be cool if you shot the voids and I was like, yes, I was nervous because I was like, I only have so many pieces. Right. And if I, you know, I just assumed in my head, like we'll shoot them as a group, um, which we have some shots, but I haven't released them. Um, I was like, damn, how do I split up like the 20 pieces I have across six guys, you know? Yeah. But he was like, I think it's a cooler, I think it's an easier sell if you come in wanting to shoot the voids. And luckily for me, um, I'm a huge fan of the voids. I was actually onto the, like I I caught onto the strokes late. I was aware of them, um, you know, through like snowboarding days and college and stuff. But um, I really kind of started listening to the strokes because we would play them in the Diorome store. Right. So like, you know, it was like strokes, killers era. Yeah. Yeah. Like the rakes, all that stuff. Yeah. So admittedly, like Arctic monkeys too, a lot. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I was very late to that. Yeah. Um, but I remember like I went to one of the first void shows in New York. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember it, that. I hadn't even, I didn't even really know what was going on. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And I went with Dan, Asian Dan. Dan he was a plug. Yeah. Yeah. So, um yeah we started talking about shooting the voids and for me that's like a language that i spoke very well i was super passionate about the voids more so than the strokes strokes are legendary i love them but i was more into the voids and it also like kind of represented this era for me in new york where um that felt new and fresh and i could you know music for me really sort of like stamps a time and place in my head. And it really reminds me of like this specific era in New York when I was listening to The Voids, first first record. So we met with, Dimitri took me to a meeting with Alex, their drummer, who's so legendary, Australian dude. Like he's played with like, uh, he's played with a bunch of other big bands. I'm like blanking on who right now but just like incredible 
hyper talented yeah drummer we met super like same same kind of spirit like yeah. got along really well and he was stoked and supportive and then i think i met with amir maybe after that and amir plays guitar but he has this he owns the studio where they record um on the west side super like audiophile dude like just legend we met he was about it uh and then we met with jeff the keyboardist we met with him on like christmas day lockdown oh yeah yeah so like we're all here you know not like not with our families and right he's like yo do you would you want to meet and at this point okay so we're two months in right Mm -hmm. from having the first conversation in october i'm like yo yeah i'll meet on whatever day you want yeah you know so we meet with jeff again tries on some gear super about it um and yeah i ended up it kind of got to the point where i was like i don't know if this is like it started to go it's the it started to extend enough where and also those guys weren't meeting like that like the voids weren't meeting up like that you know like julian was in new york he's kind of between here and new york i think and um they're like oh yeah he's not gonna be out here we thought he was and it started to be like damn like this might not go down and i've talked about it a lot yeah and i've invested time and like in my head that's it yeah and i started to feel like what if there's a chance that that doesn't end up panning out right right and um And then at that point, I didn't, I actually didn't have like a full set of samples either. So it worked out in the way where like I ended up getting a full set of like almost production samples and they're like, okay, cool. He's here. And I feel like this was like February. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we met up at Amir's and, um, yeah, shout out Julian came through like the coolest yeah from the jump yeah yeah like immediately like super sweet real like joker yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's like so you have a clothing brand do you want me to do the campaign like don't people normally like get paid a lot to do campaigns and i was like oh (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah. they do, and like, especially you. Yeah. Yes, I was like, I, I thought, like, I sort of mentioned that there's not really like. He's like, I'm just fucking with you, like, <laughs> you know, all the guys like you, like, if this is something we want to do, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just do it. We'll figure it out. So immediately, and then he starts trying stuff on, and I did have, some, I had like jackets because I ran samples in my size and. We're not the same size. So I had some jackets for him to try. And like we we were together for like maybe an hour and a half, two hours before anything real before he tried anything on. And yeah. he went over and like, it's like, oh, what's up with this? And like put some different stuff on. Which was like, I was geeked out, you know? It's like he's like he's been a sort of like style icon of mine forever. Yeah. As far right. as I can remember back to the photos of like sitting on the ground 
with like bright yellow high tops on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you uh, guys can picture I mean, one yeah. of those images. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because those images I had put on a mood board. I don't really like doing mood boards so much, but I'd put them on like my own personal thing yeah. to show to Kanye. And he was like, yo, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, it's Julian Casablanca. It's like, I feel like you and him are like the biggest rock stars in the world. And he's like, why have you never showed me this guy before? And I was like, <laughs> bro, I have <laughs> several times, you know? Um, and it's funny because that night we talked and he's like, I do feel like some of those old images of me have ended up like people have seen those and maybe they've inspired. And I was like, oh yeah, they, people have seen those. Yeah. You know? <laughs> people who work on like creative footwear, whatever projects. They've, they've seen, seen them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like the biggest sweetheart immediately. So easy to work with, so cool. Um, and we kind of left it it was like an immediate yes. Like once he tried stuff on, once we chatted, it was like an immediate okay. Yeah. Um, and we, I mean, I think, you know, there was still some vetting that obviously went on that night. Like he pulled me into the studio, just him. He like gave me this hat from his personal yeah. wardrobe Sick. which is still so cool to have yeah um and then we chatted outside a bit kind of away from everyone and it just felt very like just a very normal dude yeah know? um some people really like will act their celebrity especially meeting someone for the first time right who you know like is in a creative space or or whatever like some people really try to put that face on mm -hmm. he didn't really he was just very like very cool yeah um and it he was like okay well like we'll shoot the band he's like i'm going to new york um and i kind of had a i had a date in mind ish yeah of when i had to put this out when i right. had to start seeing some sort of like re financial return yeah because i stretched it in a way where like that i was about to like be like dead broke like not even able to fake it not, right. even, yeah. not yeah. even be able to put it on the credit card and like figure it out the next month yeah shit. right yeah. right you know and i we can get to that later too but i did set it up that way where like yeah you know it was it was tight and it was a risk it was a risk yeah yeah one of the the biggest one i've taken one yeah. of but we kind of left it at, he's like i'm going to new york and i was like i need and it i feel like we already had like this rapport at this point which we didn't but he's like <laughs> when do you need to put it out and i was like i need to do it by this date yeah and he's like okay and he's like would you want to like shoot just me first and i was like yes yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like i love all the guys but like he was the reason why i wanted to shoot of course yeah, 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 that, yeah. you know yeah. um so that's what we ended up doing i didn't have his number at that point and so we weren't really communicating and we ended up shooting in new york um did you pick me up from the airport that you did i did yes i did yeah <laughs> 
I wasn't going to miss hearing about any of this. I was like so geeked out on everything. I'm big on experience. Yeah. Like we went to ABC. Yeah. It was sick. (laughs) Yeah. Like I wanted, I, you know, I I want that to be my memory, not like sitting on the air train or in a cab, like gets lost, tries to hustle me, ends up in Queens and shit. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we shot New York. Um, The rest is history. No, it it was incredible. Like, incredible experience we shot with this guy johan who his artist name is promised land he's on cult record super talented um big shouts big shouts big shouts to promised land yeah and uh yeah and i wanted to use him because i get it like i get it from my work with with kanye like you have to be careful with these types of people like they've been you know, you look at it like, oh, rock hero, da, da, da. but like these people have been taken advantage of a lot over yeah. and over and over. And by people who can put on the same face that I had on. Right, yeah. right, right. This dude's cool. And then you go and just pull the scammiest shit possible yeah. just to get some more 500 more followers and do some shit that's so against what they ever would have wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. You've seen it all. Like I've seen it all. You've seen that shit. I've yeah. seen Sadly, I have. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. that's that. I wanted to say that to you because, like, I do think that there's something unique about your personality because, like, yeah, Kanye and Julian are like two of the heroes and like people that like a lot of people can't get close to, but a lot of people want to get close to them. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about your personality. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but they're comfortable around you and they trust you. Yeah. Which I don't know how you fucking did that, but. <laughs> It's a special thing because, like, yeah, there is like a paranoia once you get to a certain echelon of like well, success, and it's some. It's kind of what we were talking about with uh, uh what do we call it? Uh, polite persistence. It's like yeah. it's like kind of like you can tell when someone's just being real. I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, it's just you can feel when someone's like really thirsty and when someone's genuinely interested in you as an artist and wants to like work with you yeah i think they recognize you as an artist too who like knows what he likes and knows what he doesn't like because to work with you for non-personal gain i mean and they these people get surrounded by people who are yes men and like this isn't a shot but like i don't think you're a yes man like when you when you think to a fault maybe when you think something (laughs) is whack you're like that's whack or like if something's sick you're like that's sick and like that actually takes a yeah. lot of confidence in the yeah, creative yeah, yeah. world to be able to totally. say that to fucking Kanye West or Julian Casablanca. like, yeah, I've learned to deliver it politely <laughs> in a, you know, in, in the most like constructive way. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, and I did have to do, I've had to do with both of them, even Julian, not knowing him that long. There were things that I wasn't really as excited about. But anyway, yeah, like I wanted to shoot with with Johan because Johan was his personal photographer. And I was like, there is a chance I go in and I don't get to see any of the photos and I don't get the raw files and I don't but like I felt like that was a risk I was okay taking. There were other people who were like, I mean, naturally, there were people, the guy who shot uh some other stuff for me, <laughs> I don't want to call it out blow his rate but um (laughs) a guy who i'd shot with before who's really like super technically skilled was like i'll shoot it for free right um and i wanted to use promise land i wanted to use johan because i wanted julian to feel comfortable that's like his guy who shoots the photos right 
And it's like, I had an idea of how these photos were going to look and they did end up a little different than like what I had planned. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. You know? Yeah. No, this is like, I, this, cause I think this rings true in all creative fields is a thing with, uh, getting a band together for a tour where it's always like pick the person you would rather be in a van with mm -hmm. even if they're a worse yeah. musician. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. important. It'll yeah. make the entire show, uh, the shows will be better. Yeah. The whole thing will be better. And that's true, I think, in all fields. No, in a on a movie set, like yeah. pick the crew that like you can crew with for a month and like exactly. have those conflicts with and right. not blow up at. And yeah. Pick good yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So the vibe at the shoot was cool. We were like at this we were at a house in Connecticut and like it was me, Johan and, and Julian and just like, you know, it was crazy too because like we were talking outside before the shoot and I'm like geeked out and <laughs> I'm like, you haven't done like a proper like fashion thing before, right? And he's like, no. And I was like, that's so weird to me. He's like, why? Yeah. It's like you're the guy. Right. Like, how did no one with yeah. like LVMH money didn't yeah. say the same? But like, how did none of these fools like how did no one get to you? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or like, did no one have this idea? Like, right. what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Surely someone did, right? They must Surely think. someone yeah. was like, This is the guy yeah. playing the best songs right now, who like dresses the coolest naturally. Yeah. Let's shoot him for the like yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. That was the first one. <laughs> Damn. that was the first one you crushed it <laughs> thanks I feel like these images you know part of me feels like over the past few months like all oh, these images should be in more places but it's also like I was so picky didn't hire a press person either uh, I think some people will discover these images like two years from now yeah mm -hmm. you know and I think there's certain there's certain images, not even just of Julian. There's certain images of like Beardo and Alex, all the guys really like where they're so iconic. Like if I saw these at any point in time, I'd be like, these are so ill. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think these are gonna find their way of like seeping out into like a broader sort of spectrum of like mood board material <laughs> for years, you know. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. But, and that's what's rad to me because I've certainly found stuff five years after it was shot more and been like oh, that's my sick. shit for yeah. Yeah, yeah, a while yeah. you know um yeah there's something to be said for not hiring press and doing it all yourself mm. too like we talk to a lot of people who uh have the gall to do everything themselves yeah. and it's so dumb in a way like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it is dumb but it also I don't know. It just shows like a, a fire that like yeah. a lot of other people don't have. They're like, oh, we're just going to get PR. That's how we're going to get it out there. And like right. it reflects in how they're approaching making something. Is they're like kind of doing the least amount of work because right. they're like, oh, they're going to push it in this magazine. Yeah. People and also press has never meant less than it does now. I mean, press does not. You think so? I think so. For sure. Really? Press has does not have the impact that it used to. It's, mm. it's something that the news cycle is too fast for it. It's even if it would the press can make it will last for 24 hours and then you could have the most interesting article and like yeah yeah i don't exactly. even know if people read the shit exactly i don't know if anyone, I, I unless it's reposted it's like in a right. black hole sure so the Seriously. best thing you can do is make it happen organically by having the right people involved yeah right people that as the face of it uh it circles circulates naturally through their channels yeah on social media or just kind of word of mouth 
per- perfect example, not to blow up their spot, but Drunken Canal had a Vanity Fair piece. That, so sick. Yeah. But it was completely buried. Yeah. yeah oh, like, really? They didn't fuck with it for good reason. And I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. And it was like a week later and Goots was like, we buried it. Man, I just and I was we- like, that's possible now. Oh, she right. buried it. She bur- well, because no one reposted it. And I was just like, wow, uh, an article can come out on Vanity. I was looking on Twitter. I was like, no one even knows it exists. They'd have to because wow. they'd have to go to the website and like look for like what's the new article. Yeah, which yeah. kind of is like a thing of the past now. It's like, yeah, exactly. Everyone's finding everything through Social particular yeah. people and entities on Instagram or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I just saw Goots on some like Vogue shit. Oh yeah, they got that's it. sick. Yeah, yeah, they didn't bury that one. Yeah, <laughs> they crushed yeah. that one. Big shout, Scoots. Big shout, Big shouts, Goots, man. Like that's that's so <laughs> funny. We were talking like before we jumped on here about like, um, so we shot that, and I don't know if it was the same day. It might have been the day after, but we went to this like party. <laughs> and we're New York party talk now. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that safe? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, it wasn't safe that night. But. <laughs> it was not, bro. It was super not. And I hadn't been like, I hadn't been doing that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I was here. I was like, you were sending, shocked. I was sending disappearing photos and shit of gene details. Yeah. Like, I was like playing pretty safe. Yeah. yeah. I get there. And I also hadn't even taken a COVID test at all. Yeah. And that was my first one. Right. When I got there. Because Julian's team was like oh we're gonna be around like he's around his kids right you right, have right, to yeah. take the test i was like oh yeah duh yeah. so took the test didn't have it and then we shot and then i think it might have even been that night that we went out to that that party and i immediately when we walked in you could like feel people's body heat and shit and i was like oh like i'm I'm gonna wake up with COVID for sure. Yeah, it was like a mosh pit. It was like a mosh. No it was AC, like a team mosh pit. Like it was yeah. sweaty and COVID was in the air. But I do feel like Goots embodies that. Like I got along with Goots like immediately. It was amazing to watch. Actually, I was really. Like, I remember telling people, I was like, "Damn, Mark really hit it off with Goots the other night. Like it was cool." But she has that personality that's just like she's the best. Yeah, I'm less so of that. Like I'm less so of like really like get into it with someone i don't know that's why i was shocked by it because like i've known you a long time and i was like wow there's there's some magic here what the fuck yeah Yeah, she's cool that whole thing you know the her whole thing is cool i've been i've been seeing goots around town rocking a seeking (laughs) which is a very next level thing to see in 2021 wow we're here very rare yeah mark's mark's got a brand now and like drunk canal goots is wearing it and there's a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That felt crazy though, because we, so we just shot. Yeah. And I feel, dude, I think it was the night of that shoot. So we go back and like, you know, me, I'm like a pretty, like, you've known me for, a, you guys have known me for a long time. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a very like play it safe type of person. No. Generally think we can all agree um, <laughs> you're but, telling some wild stories before yeah. this yeah but that shoe like julian was like how do you feel about weapons and i was like <laughs> what type of weapon like, <laughs> so he had this idea of like the crossbow and like the swords and stuff 
And that's like really not me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was also a time that was like, I felt like everybody was super tense and like, you know, being really careful about what they did and said and all that stuff. And, Mm. And we shot and it was, it was really rad. And then I got back and I realized that like most of the really ill photos of him had like this crossbow in it. <laughs> and I called Dimitri and I was like, yo, like shoot was so sick. So thankful of, you know, you like went to through all this work to make this happen. All the, like a lot of the shots have like a crossbow in it. You think that's like <laughs> chill? And he's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. He was like, he wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) So like when Goots and I were talking, it was like, I showed her the photos and she was like, you know, because I was like kind of freaking out at this point a little bit, you know? Yeah. I was like, I spent six months getting to this dude, like traveling during COVID to shoot this thing. And it's like crossbow photos. (laughs) (laughs) Holding a crossbow and samurai swords and shit. (laughs) And like, I was just fully being a pussy, you know? Yeah. And I think Goots probably knew that. She's like, no, it's chill. And I was like, is it? Because other people were like, nah, it's not chill. <laughs> you know? I thought it was chill. I thought it was sick. I was yeah. like, You I, were borderline. Well, I was just like, I mean, I knew that it could maybe make some people mad, but I was like, if that's what Julian's into, like, yeah, it, lo- yeah. it looks aesthetically right. cool to me. I was like, yeah. it's natural, organic. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. A crossbow yeah. is natural and organic? But Julian Casablanca in, okay. in this era, okay. I guess. Yeah. That's what he's fucking with. <laughs> so I felt like, I was, you know, I was, I was like a little bit nervous about it. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. But, yeah, Goots was like, that shit is tight. Like, what are you talking about? I don't think you're going to get canceled. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we talked a lot about that yeah. the first night. Shout out Goots for the comforting Always, comforting always the energy. biggest shouts to Goots. Oh, yeah. No, yeah that like, was funny. It was. It really but was. I really felt like that was a cool energy because this is like a funny story working on the brand. Like, yeah, I really... I'm like a very like nostalgic person generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all probably are. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love to look back fondly on, you know, time and place that really mean a lot to me. And like, um, I ended up printing the graphics for this stuff in San Diego. So dumb, but like <laughs> it was printers. Like you normally have to book a little bit in advance and like minimums and all this stuff. And, um a good friend of mine through doing other concert merch was like oh yeah i have a plug in san diego so i went and i was like this is gonna be so rad because i went to school in san diego right Mm. and like fashion school yeah right right right. and i went there to print the graphics and i was like this is gonna be so rad to pull up there and like i'm about to launch this brand Mm. and like who would have thought and i i and I like went and like drove after I printed with my car full of full of like stuff you couldn't see out of any of the windows. Like yeah. it's all blocked off. Yeah. I drove to like drove past my school. Drove like by the old apartments I lived in and shit. Yeah. And I was like, this is gonna feel so cool and so like rewarding. And mm-hmm. I felt nothing. Like <laughs> zero. I was like and I went and had like a sandwich at this place that I used to love there and I was like, man, this shit tasted better 10 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was weird. It was like, am I like 
just like super jaded or like just kind of a dick now like what's the deal you know <laughs> yeah because i was really expecting that like you know that feeling of like just those accomplishments over the last 10 years since then and empty <laughs> do you think that's because like you spiritually moved on or do you think it is i don't know i think san diego like i certainly wasn't up to anything cool there right know? i was like right after snowboarding i didn't know shit about shit when i moved there right yeah. but the reason i bring that up is because when i was in new york you felt it, and on that rooftop with you and goots and whoever like looking at those photos of julian in new york maybe the experience was fresher and like doper yeah. also when i was in new york yeah living there but i was like this is crazy yeah 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 and like i was staying at the standard too or i'd partied and stuff and like i know no yeah you had some been kicked out of, the, <laughs> of a bunch of times. but like remembering all that and that was very close the vibe of that was very close to like kind of a lot of the sort of inspiration and like yeah. what i wanted this thing to feel like when it first came out so i really felt it mm, on yeah. that that trip and i was like okay cool i'm not psychopath like, yeah right, right, you know. right you've always had a romance about new york which like yeah. obviously i vibe with because yeah. i still live there but yeah you know like there's there's some, there is something special there yeah especially like yeah looking at julian casablanca's photos the strokes being sort of the new york band like and knowing where you came from that's so fucked mm. it was crazy it was it was really cool yeah honored you know yeah like i don't know how better to to put it um but yeah, it was also like remembering all those yay years too in New York. Yeah. Mm. Well, that was, I mean, if you're comfortable talking yeah, about that's those we should, years. We should get into those years. Yeah. yeah. Like though that, I mean, cause I was, I was like on the sidelines sort of being a spectator and your friend during that time. But like, that was a while. You wild. were in pretty heavily, pretty quick though. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> I had just moved to New York too. So I was like, yeah, damn, me too. New York's fucking okay, crazy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out of high school, sorry if this like you guys have to piece this together or something like puzzle it, but out of high school, I was like, I want to be a professional snowboarder. That's my shit. Yeah. You know? And I'd been like, I was actually better at skateboarding. I don't even know why I tried to do this, but I moved <laughs> to Mammoth with some friends, Mammoth, California here, and snowboarded competitively. I was pursuing like professional snowboarding career. Yeah. and rode for really rad companies like rode for like the artful sort of like creative cool kid companies at the time capita snowboards and holding outerwear like the dopest yeah and, yeah uh, you know it was like tied in with them and um got hurt left snowboarding yeah. um shattered my collarbone did it for another year but was like not you know, I was like, you could die doing this. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when you look at like an 80 foot jump and yeah. have that anywhere in your head, it's like, it's dangerous, you know? Yeah. So fast forward, like a guy, my friend Tyler, who had been on some of the same road for some of the same companies, he was like, dude, I'm done. I'm going to school. And he went to school in San Diego at the Art Institute. And I went there and or I went and, and uh, visited the school 
and they had a program called like fashion marketing and business management. And I was like, okay, cool. That sounds rad. I'd always looked at companies like I told you before and been like, you know, maybe it would be cool for, to work for one of these brands. Maybe at that point I was thinking action sports. I don't really know what I was thinking, but I knew that snowboarding wasn't it anymore. And I'd kind of been pressed to go to school. Um, so I was like, that sounds like something that's up my alley. So I started in like, you know, in the art Institute in San Diego of all places. Like that's, (laughs) <laughs> so what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> like, bro, I should I should get that check back for yeah. real. all of it with interest. I should get it back. Yeah. But man, I start, I remember starting and they're like, "Who's your favorite designer?" And this girl's like, "My favorite designer is Coco Chanel." And I was like, "You're a dumbass." Like, <laughs> but I also didn't have an answer. Yeah. So I, I realized quick, I knew nothing about fashion starting there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I picked up quick. I would come here, drive to LA. Yeah. And Dior Homme at the time was like a brand that I was, that felt, it felt like skate. It felt like action sports. It felt like, you know, I thought I was into fashion, but I was just into like style. Yeah. And yeah, clothes. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. know, and expressing myself through that. And the companies that I rode for, like Holden had like, they're kind of like the first ones to do like a tighter fit snowboard pant. Right. Or thing like things in the cool color palette. Skinny snowboard pants. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is dope. Yeah. It was the illest. I, it's still the illest. I look yeah. back at that stuff and it's like, which is okay. So I can hit it now. It's crazy because when I was like thinking about, I didn't really give out that much free stuff to start a lot of people have these crazy seeding budgets and they'll seed to like right. all the influencer girls and like all the all the rappers and everybody that mm-hmm. like puts numbers on the board basically right. or doesn't um but i was like i want to seed to like mikey leblanc who is like one of the most legendary snowboarders started holding outerwear um and this is early before I shot Julian. Like I want to see the like Julian and Yay and like Mikey LeBlanc and different people in skate that I can't name yet because I haven't gotten to them yet. But like, yo, Mikey, like a couple weeks ago, he I sent him stuff and he like didn't post it. And I was like, okay. Because like, he was like, I, I fuck with what you're doing. Like it's so cool. And then he shows up like wearing a full like hoodie and hat. And he's like, yo, it took me a second, but like I've been busy. And he's like, I can't take the hat off. Like I've been wearing this hat like every day and I'd see these photos that he would post not for me like just stuff of him on his story like in the past yeah. month always has it on so that's, it's cool yeah that's sick it's, yeah. that's more rewarding to me than like you know like the most influential person on Instagram who would sell X right. amount of things wearing my shit I don't care yeah like that to me is like oh super box checked Cause that guy was highly influential on me, whether I knew it or not, like entering that world, you know, like those colors, those fits, like, even though it was snowboarding, that shit is what probably got part of what got into my head where it's like, I like fashion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like shout out Mikey LeBlanc, 
Big shout that out. He's, he's been wearing the stuff that's just very full circle, cool moment for me. But yeah, so I'd get done with school at the Art Institute and graduated at the top of my class, which I felt proud of and I thought it was cool. Um, the faculty certainly cared more about it than I did. Yeah. You know, they're like, you're like the one. It's like you graduated from fashion school in San Diego. <laughs> but yeah, I had some really amazing professors and there's one guy that I still talk to from there that's like been a mentor, you know, on and off. Just amazing dude. But um, when I left, I was like, you know, it's there. So it's like there's no internship at Vogue. There's no PR internship with whomever in New York. There's no press office yeah. for an LVMH brand where it's like you've spent two years proving yourself that you can get coffees and you deserve a job doing something other than retail. Right. right. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, it's LA or New York when I finished school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, LA seems easier. There's At that point, there was no fashion. Yeah. Real, real fashion stuff in LA so I was like New York it is and that was also a risk because I didn't really know anyone there um, and yeah I just went I didn't know like a couple people but yeah I just dove in um, ended up getting a job with Dior Homme working retail yeah which is how we met yep and I was advised I was like sternly advised against it from like people at that school mm. they're like you like you have the ability to like do something you'll never move up working retail mm-hmm. which i suppose in a sense is like kind of true yeah you know because i did try to be like i did do some other stuff i did some like u.s-based marketing and events with drm but like in some buying i guess i did move up i guess that wasn't totally true but um it's not a rapid thing and there's like there's a ceiling that's pretty low right yeah working retail but i felt like that brand at that time was something really special and it was the only thing i really wanted to be a part of after school and like you know it's the only it's the only thing that really spoke to me at that time um so i started out working retail and that's how i met everybody that i worked with yeah in the past, I mean, everyone, mm, yeah, largely everyone, yeah, yeah, like that's how I met Ye. And I remember, like, I actually worked at that store, Jeffrey, for like a hot second. I, oh, really? Yeah, oh, no, I knew that, I knew that, yeah, yeah, that's how I met Curtains. Wow, big shouts to Curtains, big shouts to Curtains, yeah, no Curtains. <laughs> um. And I actually met Ye there, but I don't know if you would remember. But I met him with Spike Jones. Wow! Big shout, Spike. Big Jones. shout to Spike Big Jones. Shout Jesus Spike Christ! Jones. Yeah, I remember they came in. I had on these like drop crotch like Damir Doma pants. Remember that brand? <laughs> oh, like yeah. a Dior yeah, blazer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, probably yeah. looking crazy. <laughs> but he's like, man, like look at this guy's shit. Like you're dre- you're dressed dope. Like tell you know Spike Jones. I was like, I mean, know who he is. Yeah. Like, tell him what's dope. <laughs> it's it crazy like for, that was like my first week in new york yeah that's crazy so yeah. fast forward i moved i was like got dior wasn't 
those Dior spots were actually like super coveted. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. even in the store. Yeah, I'm sure. there are only three of us. Yeah, and I only got it because someone had left. And fast forward to that, like I was working in the store, and Ye came in. And you know John. Big shout out to John. Big shout out to John Heckman, and Andy. And Paul, like nobody really wanted to like, I was like geeked. I was like, yo, hey, <laughs> you're like, you want to help him? I'm like, yes. Because retail is like, it's all about commission and whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. real catty. Yeah. Right, right, right. I was like, yes. And they're like, yeah, go. Like, we don't really want to like, we don't have anything to talk to that dude about. Because they were like very like the brand. Right. They were right, like, right. they lived like. We only like rock music and, you know. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I was very, even like in snowboarding, I was very like kind of conflicted because I'd really like wearing like tighter stuff during skate, snowboard yeah. phases. Yeah. But I'd listen to like hip hop when I was doing that. Or, um, you know, I'd be wearing like baggier stuff, but still like, listen to like miss the misfits yeah yeah, right. yeah you know and i felt like i lived in both of these worlds so i was working for the brand that was like the rock and roll brand but mm -hmm. i was super into yeah into yay's whole world and i knew a lot about it you know yeah so to our point earlier like when we talked he was i mean it those stores are really like uncomfortable at the, the time 2010 yeah like do you remember going into like you do no i remember like not being able to bring people there because people would be like i'm not comfortable in there. yeah like it's fucking weird in there yeah <laughs> and it was it kind of still is to some degree it's probably it's relaxed a little bit but like i caught it the other day at this store here that i won't mention yeah. i was like you can't fucking like yo like now of all times you can't be like you know like well, giving people attitude that it, well, what's funny you know? now is they don't have yeah. people like you anymore who like even know about the shit. Like it's it's all it feels very yeah. random. Like, right. Yeah. You know, people don't even know what they're talking about. They're not really even into it. Like right. yeah. it feels very kind of off. Um Yeah. So I started helping Ye and like that was the time of that was during the time of like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy when he was doing that press rollout. So fresh off of like whatever had out like Taylor shit before The Taylor that. moment, yeah. Mm. So he disappeared. He was back in New York and like, um, yeah. So I like got, you know, I'd been invited. I was, I was like, yeah. I say that about the stores being like uncomfortable because I know that it doesn't matter who you are, you feel it. Yeah. And I think that those dudes in hindsight Don C, Virgil, all those guys went in there and they're like, oh, finally there's like not some like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I got invited to stuff just by way of that. Yeah. That like was insane. Oh, yeah. I went to like the, I remember being invited to the album listening party for my beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy. Like, yeah. Everybody was there. Like, Rick Ross was there. Swizz was there. Like, Nikki was everybody. Mm. I remember the Watch the Throne shit. Yeah. Like, that was my first like almost week of college or something and i was like yeah. whoa yeah that was like a day of thing too I probably virgin like oh yeah i have like do you want to go and i was like yes <laughs> you know and i think you you happened to come in that day and i had just found out about it. i'm like yo like 
Do you want to go to this? <laughs> I was so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and New York at the time had like a something in the air that felt pretty special too. That like, you know, I still love New York, but like it was really exciting then. Do you ever feel like, you know, because when I left, I was like, this shit is over. The clubs are whack. They're filled with like all these trust fund kids, whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like, like, yeah, that was a moment. And I, everyone around agrees, but like, do you we, feel like it's just us? That- no, I mean, we talk about this a lot. Like I know for you, mm-hmm. part of his attraction to LA is that there's music here. And there's like, there's like energy around music here. And for me, actually like outside of whatever electronic music and band stuff happened a million years ago in new york like actually kanye in a way was sort of like that was the last music moment where like there was a lot of energy around like him working with different producers from new right. york and yeah that no, was a special new, time new york music wise is pretty depleted right now i think i don't mean to insult any music. there's plenty of good musicians in new york but there's absolutely no scene there's yeah. no like moment there at all yeah it, and there's a different moment happening but it's not music yeah yeah for yeah. sure for sure no there's stuff happening in new york but not music and as and new york was filled with music for like when i got there in yeah 2009 so it's We've like got podcasts now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very different sort of moment for I, new york I, new york it, it's weird because even though there's a lot of stuff happening a lot of people i love and i lo- like a lot of friends i have and i have great times with them in New York and we do things that are fun and great and fulfilling in some way. But in terms of music, it feels like a ghost town because it's still, I'm still like living in the same and hanging in the same neighborhoods where it was happening. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like saying to yourself like, this doesn't feel cool. Yeah. It's just (laughs) like, it feels like a ghost town. Well, no, yeah. Like getting to 30, I'm like, Oh, am I just older? Sure. But it's like, no, if you look at what's going on in New York right now, it's literally like a bootleg newspaper, some bootleg movies and some bootleg podcasts. Like that's, that's different than like the stroke Kanye West. Like, yeah, no, but it's like all, I love and respect all of the stuff. My friends do like that. Oh, yeah. I love being a part of it. But, but yeah, it's it's just music is like, it's just such an important thing to me and to culture. And it's just, yeah. it just, it's just, you were there that for was it. an important era. Yeah. yeah. You know, all that to say that was, I feel like that was a super, like, hyper important era. Mm-hmm. I remember, not- like, moments of, like, yeah, the Watch the Throne era was crazy. Yeah. His style was on fire yeah. all the time. It was definitely Yeah, he still dresses dope. But like I remember like you see like outfit pictures outside of the Mercer and you're just like Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Even the idea that there was like there was an album being made in the hotel, like just like stuff. There like was that. such an allure There's, to that whole that whole block, strip, all yeah. of it. Like, yeah, it was cool. There's nothing like and that. And to have been pulled into that, yeah, that was crazy. Like, so I got pulled in. We we vibed on furniture, oddly. Um, I was like the kid at Dior. Like I said, that was like a coveted spot. That's how we would get in. We roll up and skip the lines at clubs and stuff where we shouldn't have been able to. And the Dior, like the Dior Ohm card kind of meant something in those first couple years I was there. But like Virgil and I would talk and he's like, how do you know about this? Like I had this, like, you remember that 
turquoise, bright ass turquoise yeah. Capolini sofa. <laughs> and it was like, they had that store in Soho and I was just like, this is the cool shit. Yeah. I want to look around and everything. And this is like, you know, being around that dude a little bit. Yeah. And being like this, like I want to look at inspiring things all the time. Yeah. And that was part of that. I want to fill my, fill my house with things that have a story. And that was like my first sort of segue into it. But they were like, how do you know about like, why <laughs> making what we think you would probably make? Like, why would you spend this much on a sofa? Why would you like, <laughs> care about this? Like, yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I love it. Like, yeah. This is an extension of like my shit. fashion and like yeah. these things I care, these creative worlds that I care about. So I got pulled into like work on Ye's apartment in New York. Right. Which right. I knew nothing about at yeah, all. Yeah. You know, it's like starting fashion school and knowing nothing about yeah, fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also speaks to the thing I was talking about earlier, like being trusted with doing that and not even necessarily that wasn't even like your shit. Like there's yeah. something about like you know, there's like a something unlocks with these certain people with your personality that's like it's just right, well, you, can't do because it. it actually what it comes down to is it's not about you know expertise it's about taste and some p- people with do not have taste with the right taste <laughs> or it's don't like have the expertise and then vice versa right yeah. yeah or it's like if you're i don't know i think i always try to remind myself of like moments where i've been extremely like naive during those days and pitched ideas that i had no business pitching yeah trying to meet with people that i had no business meeting with because like I do think there's sort of like a there's a there's like an accidental sort of beauty in um in not being like super well versed in something or being the best at it and being yeah. thrown into it and trusted. Big time. Which is something that I'll really give a lot of credit to Kanye for. He goes off a of vibe. He was hiring assistants out of the Mercer who are like wait staff. Right. Yeah. I don't know how well that works out because that's a very specific title that, you know, it's like a hide. It's like a very demanding thing being an assistant to like someone of that nature. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a beauty in like an eye that isn't tainted. Yeah. Because if you're like, okay, cool, I have this job of working on this apartment for this guy, I know exactly, I did these other people's. I know what people are looking for. I know what Architectural Digest will want to post. I know where the furniture spots is. I know where I have a plug. I know where I can overcharge. It's like there's a lot of like bullshit, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yay. I don't know. He like goes off a vibe fully yeah. Yeah. for people. Like there's a lot of things that I did with him that in that moment I had no I should have not been trusted with. <laughs> Can but you talk about what those things were? I shouldn't have been in that house working on that stuff. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But he fucked with it. Yeah. So maybe uh, like you should have been. I suppose. Well, you did something right because your relationship grew a lot. Yeah. He trusted you with a lot. Yeah. That moving forward from there, which is like, that doesn't happen for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, that was, I think, probably based on like just the way that we interacted. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I remember I was like, <laughs> there's like a, I was trying to think of examples of like me being naive and like yeah. 
doing things in those settings and there's a company that I don't even like want to mention their name, but I have a better example that I just thought of. I introduced Ye to Matt Mellon. Wow. Big <laughs> I did not know I Matt the, Mellon was going to come up on this podcast, <laughs> but here it is. Big job. You knew that I introduced Mellon. them, right? I do. Yeah. I remember Shout that. out Matt Mellon. Um, yeah. I felt like, okay, I've been led into these worlds. I don't know how I met Matt. I think it was through me. Like, I think I, it was. I, met him at- I think I knew of him through you, and I think you had maybe brought me up to him, and then he showed up in the Dior store. Yeah. Or I don't know. I met him at some. <clears throat> Should we explain who he is? He's. You he's do a, this. He's a he's a rich wild man. I don't know how else to describe him. R.I.P. Maybe. R.I.P. Yeah, maybe. He is supposed. This is a man who is supposedly dead, but it's we have suspicions that. <laughs> this is what you want this is he, he faked yeah. his own death and is off somewhere because he made too much money on ripple and got paranoid and runs page six and all the rest but Bro. Um, he, yeah he was a wild uh patron of the arts i guess you could call him yeah yeah 100 yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah he he funded a lot of stuff yeah. that was yeah. important mm-hmm. did he yeah i mean he told me he funded bowie records in the late 80s and did 90s. you see the check I did not. <laughs> no, yeah, that was the thing. Is like you never totally knew what was true. Like, yeah, what yeah, he was yeah, saying, yeah. but like you yeah. kind of bought it because like dude was. I mean, he did like but like Jimmy Choo shoot like he, you know this, his wife. He yeah. told me to buy a fake Rolex when I was first looking at watches. Yeah. So he's like, no one will know, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're a billionaire, dude. <laughs> Maybe I'll look back on this and think I'm stupid for saying that, and I should be wearing fake watches, but. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. I But you had the bright idea too. Yeah, so I was around during the beginning early stages of Donda. Yeah. So I was around during a really special, like formative time. Not the album Donda. Not the album Donda. The company. Yeah. The creative brainchild agency, whatever you want to call it. But it was that was a tight crew. Yeah. Very tight crew. Yeah. And Ye was like, and I didn't know him that well. I didn't know either of those dudes very well at this point, but <laughs> Ye's thing was like, I need funding for this. And I was like, how is no one stepping up to the plate? And like this, he's got the ideas. Then I heard of this dude, Melon, through <laughs> you. And I was like, well, this sounds like a perfect, why will of course yeah you know <laughs> so i put those two in a room and i also like had to i knew that matt was going out the night before so i went out kind of like to make sure that i knew i'd been around him a bit by this point knew his party boy <laughs> so i went out with him to make sure he'd like show up to the meeting stayed out all night at the getty suite in the peninsula hotel <laughs> wiling i remember that room <laughs> like had just had a baby and he's like we can't go to my house we got to rent out the getty suite we roll in there like it's ten thousand dollars a night mr he's like i don't yeah cool charge it (laughs) (laughs) so they ended up meeting and i don't think it went super well yeah yay was like oh yeah he's great but like it didn't go well yeah but i was like who else kind of like who else who else will do that? Who else has the plug both on both sides? Right. 
And I was like, this is the moment where even if like I'm not involved in it, that's like, I don't know, like selling the piece of real estate that the most iconic home in the world's built on, you know, yeah. it's like that won't happen without you. Yeah. And I was like, this could really result in something really special. Yeah. And big and amazing. And so, yeah, I, I linked those two up. But I do think that oddly, like, they were both probably like, this, who is this psychopath? Like, who's willing, like, why is this kid like, you know? Yeah. I would be now. Yeah. That's a bold move. It is a bold move. I think they probably appreciated that, like, you were trying. Like, it, yeah. it shows initiative. I think they definitely talked after that. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're both really big personalities. <laughs> Huge. You know? <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, and then we went on to do a lot of other things together, Kanye and I, we worked on the first APC thing and like Dior started to get upset with that. Right. Cause I also, I met Dave from Chromio. Big shouts. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Dave. Dave won. Dave won. <laughs> through Dior and we worked on a thing with Daniel Arsham together at Milk Studios and like the guy Dior was a big fan of Daniel and like pissed that I didn't invite him and stuff. (laughs) So that was like kind of the end of like, that was like the beginning of the end of Dior. They're like, this dude's like flying to Paris with Kanye to work on APC collaborations, but you work for Dior. Yeah. But I'm like, you bozos won't let me like do anything here. You let me like hire you let me, you use me to hire like my friends to DJ your parties and shit. Yeah. Is how I was looking at it. Right. Right. But yeah, so they were not psyched and there was like a lot of tension. Um, and yeah, I went like a year in New York between sort of like betting on the yay thing and not working for Dior anymore. Yeah. Which I feel like was also a risky one. That yeah. could have been the one where it fucked all of it up if, right, I, didn't, right, right. if I didn't like hang on. Mm-hmm. I remember that because it was not too, super yeah. promising looking to a lot of people. Right, I yeah. believed in it, but yeah, at the time it, I remember it was like like this is a risk if I'm fucking doing this. Like every day feels different. Every like so many emotions and yeah, roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was scary. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it, I was scared because I was like, what if this doesn't work? What are my options? Because yeah. New York's really expensive. And I, you know, now, you know, thankfully, like I look at those figures that were super important money wise and it's not quite the same thing, you know. Yeah. But like then it's like, bro, like, do I move back to Pennsylvania and move in with my parents because I like believed in myself and blew it and was too too like not not even like too much of an ego or too good to go do something i didn't want to do i just couldn't do it i could not go like get a job working on something i didn't like yeah Yeah. when i knew that i had at least a toe in the door yeah with this other right yeah so hyper persistent well this is i was just talking about this the other day there's such a weird in between stage where you're connected with some really important people you look up to, but you're also still not financially secure enough to be like living like that. Yeah. So you have these experiences where you're with them 
at events or parties or whatever and you feel like respected and you feel like whoa i'm like in this but then the next day you're like serving someone like at yeah. a restaurant shop or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah 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 it's the kind of person you would have seen at the party yesterday and been like they would have respected me right now they don't yeah it's like it's, it's conflicting it's, it's like weird. this really weird it like would change day to day it's such a weird yeah. limbo to be in yeah hung on uh and ended up i forget like what i mean it was really around well i just saw today because like someone posted about the VMAs and posted this photo of like that I took at the VMAs of him in 2015 Mm -hmm. would it have been? Yeah. So we started working on early Yeezy stuff and then, um, and then that was around like the very beginning of Pablo stuff. And that's when we started working together. I got pulled in heavy. And I was like, okay, this this might work. End yeah. of Jesus, beginning of Pablo. I was like, this shit might work. Yeah. Because I was being invited on trips. We're going to Paris. We're doing shit. But that's like when everybody wanted that spot. Yeah. There weren't a ton of people that were eligible. Right. The, the <laughs> circle was tight. But it's like everybody wanted to be the one that got brought on full time, I think. Yeah. And I was just super, you know checking in yeah just checking in on him you know yeah he would all like he would always send these emails like subject line checking in with no no body (laughs) (laughs) so i would like i'd just use that behavior yeah right but um yeah we ended up working together a lot and then that was around pablo time and i got brought in full time and moved here. Yeah. For that. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, hell of an era. Definitely. Yeah. Did it feel good moving out here and like being immersed in that or did it feel like what the fuck? <laughs> well, I th- you know, like we said, I I felt done with New York. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it had lost part of the charm that I was attracted to. Mm -hmm. I liked, you know, I liked going to those, like I liked going to like up and down and like those types of spots and that didn't feel cool anymore. And yeah, music, it didn't feel like there was like much going on in that way. Yeah. New York's still New York. It was still, there was so much beauty and charm to it. Uh, Yeah, of course. I didn't feel it anymore. Yeah. In the, in the things that I was specifically interested in. You're right. So I moved here and yeah, it was, it was dope. I remember like when I moved, I, we did the Paris, we did a pop-up in Paris and I moved out of that crib in New York, that like studio apartment in Brooklyn that I was in the whole time. Yeah. Moved out of there and the, so the moving people came, took most of everything and I had like two suitcases. So I moved like via Paris like I flew there with like the the stuff I needed for a couple of weeks, all my clothes really, all my important clothes. Wow. Like stuff that I liked a lot and went to Paris for the pop-up and then moved moved here. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Didn't have a place. I mean it was sorted like 
everything was you know was wasn't like a super struggle but yeah it wasn't all it wasn't really set up or anything right right at that point and yeah it i don't know it felt weird because i felt like you know i've always had a like a guard up with that world you know like i talked to you before doing this like you know i'd like it's cool to be doing it with you guys. And the reason I don't do these sometimes is like, I know that I know what people like want to hear and I know mm-hmm. the things that people want to ask. And often they're things I don't want to talk about. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, and I felt like moving here, it's like, maybe I was just wrong and super judgmental, but like girls, people in LA, like I know I, I felt like I knew what they wanted out of me and it was access to that. So I was yeah, super yeah, closed yeah. off. Right. Yeah. Right. I was super like, you know, in this like insular world. Yeah. Um, which yeah, it was it was strange, like moving here and not knowing a ton of people. Um and being really like closed off to new people. Yeah, right, right, know? right. Yeah. But the work we were doing was incredible. It was a really it was a really special time. And mm. I think those you know, it was like the biggest tour merch sales and pop-ups of the time mm-hmm. yeah the first ever of its kind i think it still probably yeah. holds some sort of records from what yeah. i hear from those the companies who produced it but yeah it was incredible incredible era yeah i'm like incredibly thankful to have been trusted with that that was a big one to trust me with yeah but it worked there were things that i did that like i pulled some shit that i shouldn't have at times and ran things that were half approved and it was a big big thing but <laughs> it was like numbers were incredible yeah yeah the pablo merch was big it was dope yeah was that huge. whole era was so much fun did you find that it was like once you got to la like i feel like this is a place that's pretty easy to be insular and off the right. grid with which maybe worked your advantage like you don't you know you're not in the mix necessarily like you can kind of choose to just be living your life with space yeah i mean i don't know like i think where you live what you choose to surround yourself with has a lot to do with like how you feel about that like in this house i feel very natural like being sort of separate from any sort of like scene if i want to and like work on on what i want to work on and do what i want in privacy, you know, but I was like living in like new buildings right? then, you know? Right. So I was like still seeing it and surrounded by it. Right. Um, I don't know if that answers it quite, quite properly, but yeah, like it didn't feel easy to be super insular. No, it was like, no, it was because I was still like going out. And so I was like partying. Did you, I, do you feel like it's different than your experience in New York with like, you know, people being vultury or, you know what I mean? Like kind of being out for. I almost something? like didn't even. That's why I say like, I, maybe I was wrong with that. <laughs> I didn't really even give people the chance to like, right. but I felt it. Right. Yeah. I certainly felt it. The energy was there. Yeah. yeah. But maybe it was less a New York, LA thing and more just a where you were at. 
at that time thing where you I think just, it was both. Right. I think right. it is more of a LA thing. Mm. You yeah. know? Mm. I feel like people in New York kind of suss that shit out quick and don't really have time for it. Whereas here people got all the time in the world to play yeah, whatever yeah, games yeah. that you'll let them play. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like right. they got a lot of space, a lot of time. Yeah. LA's weird. You could live in like way the fuck out and pay four hundred dollars a month for rent and spend whatever other money you make on a rented G Wagon and show up and have this whole pretend life. Yeah, yeah totally. That's right. true. Can you right. guys find that? Land of yeah. believe for yeah. sure. Yeah. Dude, like scammer be scammed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um I mean, we have a lot of scammers in New York too, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's hard to actually exist in New York in the way that you just described in LA and New York because it's such an expensive place. Like you almost can't really even get Right. Away and with even it. people who yeah. like have the money to pay like three times the rent of you, like their apartment's still not that sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but there is yeah. like a barrier to entry, like New York, you can't fake it as much. Mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Or at least when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I agree for sure. Which is why it's more defined by people who are like well off or hyper successful. Yeah, it's like the, it is sort of this like weird like it's in a very extreme zone to be in. All the time. Yeah, which yeah. makes it maybe not the most authentic. But like when it, like coming here, even though it's like there's a lot of people like faking it till they make it type shit. Like the actual physical space feels more like like an authentic place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that time, that time with Yay. Yeah, it was, and it's like such, you know, it's such demanding work that like a lot of like my time was just there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there were multiple risks along the way. Like there was the risk to like, you know, leave the job at Dior and like go this route with, with Kanye. And then mm-hmm. but we're in a new chapter now where like there was another risk to then kind of move away from that and yeah. be doing your own brand. Right. Was, was any of them? Were any of those risks scarier than the other one? I've thought about that like leading up to this and like yeah. thinking about the stuff in New York. Yeah. Um, this one oddly was not as scary. There's mo- There were moments of it like financially that were really scary. Yeah. But like it was really hard to believe in myself in like with that one in new york yeah like hanging on for a year and like you know fully like collecting unemployment and shit i'd I'd spend that shit on clothes too yeah (laughs) like you know i was like embarrassed about that at the time and now i'm like it's all part of the the lore yeah it's all funny yeah Yeah. it's all like it is all part of the story but yeah i think the one in new york was scary yeah do you yeah. think you've gotten like your relationship with fear has maybe changed and so you're maybe slightly more desensitized to it over time or i felt like that that shit hit me because i was also super vulnerable about like not fully believing in myself yet and when someone else didn't it's like oh fuck yeah totally you know what i mean yeah, does that make yeah. sense yes definitely right well it like that's... it almost validated that i was that i shouldn't believe in myself right exactly and it was super scary and i was super bummed out and it's really, it wasn't the relationship. It was like just this point that I was at now, mm-hmm. like, you know, when I was taking that risk or if I take other risks, it's like, 
to a degree, I have a proven ability on paper with like hard deliverables that I've, you know, yeah, like that are directly a product of me mm-hmm. where it's like, no, I can do this. Yeah. Like watch, you know, it's proven. Yeah. 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 But at that point there wasn't necessarily like a proven ability. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, this new, what do you want? Like, how this, did they get here? Yeah. This new, <laughs> yeah. this new chapter. I mean, like for, as your friend, it's like, this has been the most satisfying error to see you when we're like, you're, making unique original things under your own name and brand that like has is like a it's a culmination of like everything i've seen you go through over time really and it's like your personal shit it's mm-hmm. just like really cool it's just cool to see your friend do yeah. their thing yeah and yeah. Like yeah have it go off like that's yeah. sick i mean same obviously you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just just podcasting over here bro but, <laughs> uh, but you know everybody's I'm lucky to have a bunch, not a bunch, but like, I'm lucky that some of my close friends are like doing shit that's, you know, found a way of working out in the last year, like you mm-hmm. said. Big time. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind of full circle. Definitely. Like, well, no, with this kind of full circle moment, like I, Ye's stuff was like super kind of like in flux he was like living different places and I wasn't really like traveling. Like I wasn't like following around. There were some people that would follow around. There were some people that would just kind of stay put here. I was very much like a stay put here type of person through that, through those, those sort of different maneuvers he was making. Um, I, went snowboarding and this is like leaving that world. Uh, I'd gone snowboarding with like one of my friends that I lived with from like a neighboring, like basically my hometown that I'd grown up with. And we didn't talk for years and we reconnected and like we were hanging out and, and I went, uh, I went to Mammoth to go snowboarding. We did it. We did it before we did the year before this happened, but I went in 2019 because Mammoth where I'd lived yeah. is open till like June or July or right. something. Yeah. So it was like the first time of the year that I was going and no warm up straight into it coming in hot. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah wild boy (laughs) it was sick too and i ended up and just messing around like i came off a rail and like caught an edge in this like super rutted slushy mess that it was in the end of june right right. did the same injury that was the reason i stopped snowboarding in the first place on the other side damn so both of my collarbones (laughs) have like a plate and screws through the top of it. I was like joking. I was like, at least it's like symmetrical now, (laughs) but like fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no way I did this. No way. I, there's no way I broke it. And my dad was always, my dad used to be like a skier. He's like, 
whatever you do, don't break your collarbone. Like I remembered that. I remember the first time I did it. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like this piercing pain. And I knew. And it was so it was so weird. Like I was with the dude that I lived with that had seen me go through this before. And like it was such a trip. Yeah. Um but that was a period where I'd been kind of just like in LA working remotely, we'll call it. Yeah. Heavy responsibilities at times, none at others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it left time for me to kind of, I'd been thinking like, what, you know, what's, what's next with this? Because with Ye, like, yeah, we, we talked about some of the, you know, I did like art direction on the Pablo album, all of the merch with Callie DeWitt, like, and that was such a moment, but we also did like all the easy branding together yeah. and like the product photography for the website. And what are the fonts? What, the, what are the hang tags look like? What are the neck labels? What's a wash label? You know, what is this like, what are all the consumer facing pieces of brand identity that are going to revolve around the Yeezy universe? What are they going to look like? Right. So we'd be up until he'd call me at like three in the morning working on the website. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessive. Yeah. But I was too. Yeah. And that's, I was the only, you know, I felt like I was the only one that could have really. You were there for it. Yeah. Filled that role and seen the things that he saw. You yeah. Know? So we'd done all that too. But one of my goals was to like build, build one of these brands like that I talked about, like one of these brands that people really sort of thought that about. And right. Yeezy was certainly that. Like yeah. cult followed. Oh, yeah. And I felt like, you know, I was entering this phase for me where I felt like I'd kind of done everything that everything that we worked on together and built could be like autopiloted. Right. And I kind of felt like I had achieved everything I wanted to with that. Um, you know, and there was also some other stuff going on where like attention was my attention had been taken off of it to maybe work on other things or travel for other reasons. Um, but yeah, I felt like largely I'd kind of like achieved what I had hoped to mm. there in a pretty short amount of time too, which, yeah. you know, two yeah, years, it wasn't that long. Yeah. Right. Two a year and a half. Really. We kind of like did all that music and apparel side right. together. Yeah. So I go snowboarding, I get broke off. I have, I have surgery <laughs> and I'm like it, this, I was living in this, like, you know, like skyscraper kind of like luxury apartment building with, I've been living with this girl that I was dating for a long time. And she was like out of the country working on music and, uh, my mom flew out after I had the surgery and I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't go to work on anything with yay. And I sent him the photo of the x-ray and shit. <laughs> I was at that apartment just taking Percocet Yeah, for like 
a month. Damn. And it was dope. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I was expecting. (laughs) To the point where like, I mean, my mom was going to the pharmacy and they're like, yo, you need to like get him Narcan. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. But I was taking, you know, like I'm a wild boy, but I was taking like around the prescribed dosage. Right. I wasn't going crazy with it. I just really enjoyed it. (laughs) But I was, it oddly felt like, okay, rewind a little bit. I'd run the first samples of the genes by then. Oh, or I'd, I'd run a wash test. Right. So oh. like the whole time I was like, for since I was living in New York, I remember talking to people and being like, it'd be really rad. Cause you and I lived like these different brand eras and like different sort of silhouettes and like, yeah. but one thing that always was like, consistent with me is like denim oh yeah like you too i was always like and i could always find a problem with everything even the best jeans yeah. like, it's like, well, you know i'd look at stuff that was coming out it's like why is the pocket like you could barely even fit half your hand in there oh, that's a, like why is the rise yeah. so <laughs> why do these blow out in the crotch yeah why do they wash weird why like and it felt like it felt like shit had never been like R and D. Like nobody put this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might have had like a fabric idea or like a design cue idea, but nobody ever wore the shit, let alone where tested it for more than a day right. to be like, oh, no, we shouldn't have put this out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was always into the idea of like making the perfect pair of jeans. Yeah. And that's really like when I started. I ended up knowing a guy that had a plug to Japan and they did some of the, some stuff that I'd looked up to in the past Yeah, where it was like some of my favorite, what I'd viewed as like the most qualitative denim yeah. in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had a plug to that factory and he's someone that I'd known for this before I moved here. So I I asked him and he was like a fan of kind of the stuff that I'd worked on. So it was, I got into some shit that I maybe shouldn't have, like I accessed a factory that I maybe shouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Um, so I ran some wash tests and like, I remember that I took a meeting with him the day after surgery because I was so into making these jeans. I was so into making the perfect pair of jeans. But at that point, I didn't really, I didn't want a brand. Yeah. It was not, that was not the goal of that. It was like, man, if I can make a pair of jeans like you would want to wear and like, you know, my friends would want to wear and that would be rad. The best jeans that nobody could have, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So... I'd been in the very like infant stages working on this Yeah. when I got hurt. And when I, you know, when I was taking those Percocets, like (laughs) 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 um, it was weird because I had never really like, I'd take breaks, but it's like, you know, from work, like I go on vacation for a week or something, but it's like, you still are very like on call. Yeah. 
And I felt like that was the first time in like, dude, like six, seven years that I hadn't looked at something through like the Yeezy or Kanye West lens. Mm -hmm. And I was like, in the crib, watching like Toy Machine videos from the 90s with like Sonic Youth soundtracks and like all the old Baker stuff, CKY. Like, big shouts. Yeah, yeah, big shouts. Yeah. Big shouts. <laughs> Watching all this stuff that like was just like super nostalgic to me and like mm. really kind of formative on what I thought was cool yeah, yeah, yeah. early days. And like listening to music that I that I that's really like embodies my taste, you mm. know? Yeah. And I Yeah, I, and I was wiling. I like, I bought, I don't know if you could see it in the frame, but I bought this Raymond Pettibone painting off a of Christie's auction. And I had to like be late to my surgery checkup because I had to, I had to like bid <laughs> yeah, on it. Bid, but yeah. I won it clearly. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I was like fully in my zone, like listening to like all this 90s rock, you know, like that Sonic Youth goo cover is like yeah, one of the yeah. most iconic. And that's like what got me into Pettibone's art back in those days buying art that i liked watching stuff that i you know that was very like me listening Mm -hmm. to music that was very me and it was the first time that i i felt like fully in my own world in in quite a long time Mm -hmm. yeah so when i went back i went back to to work on on the easy stuff still like on pain pills, you know? And it was like the first time that I just felt like kind of disconnected creatively with what was going on. Right. Um, and we both kind of felt it and we went for a couple car rides together and had a couple conversations and, um, yeah, just decided it was time that we take a break from that. Yeah. And that would be scary to like commit to, I think, but I'd sort of already been like, I was sure of myself. Like I said, I was, I'd, I'd proven a lot to myself in the last, right in the, in the four or five years before that. Mm. And I'd already, I had this thing already. I yeah. was like, yo, I'm going to get samples in like a month though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I sort of just like fast tracked and came up with a plan for this thing because of that. Yeah. And that's a lockdown really like got a lot of people in touch with themselves in that way. I think that's like, well, that's crazy because that was pre lockdown. Oh, this was pre lockdown. I was locked down taking pain pills. You're, you're, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're in Percocet lockdown. That was the end of 2019. Okay. Right. Yeah. So really like I was like, well, that was like July, probably into like September. Let's be real. Mm. Shit took a minute yeah. to recover from. So that was my vibe going into 2020. Right. And like, um, yeah, I was like in this 
in this like pretty high up apartment in this building, like all glass, just like figuring out the next steps and not super stressed to like rush. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, I, I'd talk to people who knew about the project and be like, man, I can't believe that you like most people in that setting would be like, let me get like this COVID shit's crazy. And it was, let me get a job to like, not fully like risk everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, cause this is a bad time to launch a clothing brand. Right. 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 Non, yeah. A non-essential. Right. Know? Yeah. No, I mean, I think we had a similar experience of, well, it's interesting that what you were talking about way earlier of like, fuck, do I need to like move in with my, <laughs> when you're feeling really down about yeah. yourself already yeah. i had also had that experience kind of like my mid-20s i just knew it would like if if i did it it would just suck me down further because just being living with your parents would just almost i would just feel like wow i like fully like gave up you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and i would just start to spiral downwards but then i did it at the end when lockdown started but it didn't feel like a failure because i was like what else am I supposed to do? This is yeah. like the responsible thing to do. Yeah. Is to yeah, just yeah, go yeah. lock up at my parents' house. Yeah. Because um, I was out of a job. And, and, uh, but all of this is to the point of, I, and that's when we started this, mm-hmm. was like a month into me being there. And I did, I got a ton of other stuff done. I know you did too. Yeah. Uh, creatively. And I think that it was a similar experience to what you're talking about with your like Percocet vacation is, like, <laughs> is I was just locked up, like getting really in touch with myself in a way that I didn't yeah. even realize how out of touch with myself I was until it happened. Really? Yeah. And I think that's like how Man, things come about. Bro, but I, you know, if my parents would have lived in LA and like yeah. fully have done it, it's just, yeah, right, 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 right. like I'd be, I'd probably do it now. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was like going into that. And I think the thing with COVID We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're Ion 2? I am too, yes. <laughs> Ion 2 and I have talked about. Uh, I had no idea you knew that. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> like I said, I researched enough to like yeah, not okay. look like an idiot. Thanks, yeah. bro. On yeah. most things. <laughs> we talked about like, you know, I, I look back on a lot of that fondly. Yeah. yeah quarantine yeah me too Big time. me too and i know that like eight months ago you'd be like hyper canceled for saying that but like provided that you don't have family members that that passed away from this or right. had complications with it or like you know you had some you know provided you're not affected like you know financially or otherwise mm-hmm. in a super detrimental way like Bro, the shit was cool. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It did, it did a lot for me. I'm, I miss it. Like, yo, I remember like, man, I remember I would go, I really lo- like, I love driving. Yeah. yeah. And I remember I would go for like drives every couple of nights because I'd only go to get like the big like crystal geyser. Um, Gallant crystal geyser send me free water. <laughs> Most ghetto. You could ask for. I'd go get those gallons and like that would be my my outing. Right, know? right, right, like, right. And I'll go around. I remember like these like 
they were like fans of this girl I dated and they're like rabid fans. They'd be like, how dare you go driving? Are you serious? Yeah, like, whoa, you should not be out. And it was like water shaming. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but like, you remember those days where like oh, you yeah. get fucked with. Oh, yeah. If you like posted a photo of like Ow. being out. Yeah, yeah. I was like I in the car. Right, right, right. Getting water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I. I look back on that time super fondly and like, you know, I, I worked on this thing like another interesting thing about this brand is like I worked on it totally in secret. And part of that was because like, you know, part of it was I was putting my name on it and that was decided pretty early. Like mm-hmm. Seekings was always going to be what I called like the first big thing that I really yeah. believed in and really like wanted to be a representation of me. Um, And I was like, I don't, I'm making denim in Japan. There's yeah. a good chance that like this doesn't get pulled off properly. This is right. hard. Right. Yeah. I don't know anything about it <laughs> from a technical perspective. Yeah. There's a chance that this will get fucked up. And like, I don't want to be like popping off on the gram. Like, ah, oh, God, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to talk about it. And then it became a thing where um, I didn't like want people in LA it's or anywhere, I guess, but like factories love to show off other people's shit, especially if you're popping. Right. And not to say that I was or am, but like people do know my name around town. And like, if, if you see someone who you knew as like an employee of like something high profile, and then you see their name on something next to like, all these other brands that you know and you're in there working on a brand, you're going to take a photo of it. You're going to send it to your friends. It gets around and like, so not only did I keep this thing like super low, but we set up like a, um, this kid that was working with me on, on the beginning steps of it, we set up a fake LLC. Yeah. <laughs> you knew about that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> where it was a fake name that it was so goofy too like I don't want to say it because I might still use it it's pretty funny <laughs> it was yeah. so goofy that it would be immediately dismissed if someone saw it they'd be like you know it's like <laughs> you'd picture some that. like mom velour yoga <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. oh, that's, highly that's dismissible smart. and it was sick that's smart yeah it yeah. was cool yeah Um, but I was like running around COVID wearing like made in Japan denim, like wearing my own gear, talking to really no one about it, except mm-hmm. for my like super fashion clothing nerd friends. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I, I think that that, I think that just the nature of like lockdown allowed me to keep it a secret maybe a little easier than if I were out at like, Soho house meeting people and it's like, oh, those are dope. What are those? And you have to lie and you know. Yeah. So well, I, it's it was com- cool. It's a common theme between people that the people who talk the least seem to get a lot more done or like they're yeah. better at it. Like maybe. the people who are blabbing. Making on moves about, in silence. Making moves in silence yeah. is a powerful thing. Yeah. 
and I always recognize that. In people. Like I like yeah, when sure. people aren't like, I've got this new project, and it's yeah. blah, blah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. get blah, 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 attached. No, it's like blah, blah, blah. well, because we, this has come up on a few pods we've done recently. A lot. Well, it's just it's just a social media age thing. If you want instant gratification, it's like I got the idea. I want everyone to know I got the idea, and like start getting feedback already. It was so hard to not though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, oh no, it's hard. It's hard as dude. Hard. Like it's so worth it to to wait. Cause I knew that I knew when I saw like the pearl denim and like yeah. the first blues, I was like, "Yo, this, it's a go." Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. this is this is some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I had I would take all these photos. I'd take them like on the day bed and like lay them out and like, and I had all this content. Yeah. Yeah. Ready. Yeah, you know, but I was like, I can't. I almost did so many times. Mm. Yeah, mm. but yeah, held out, and I think it was cooler that way. Like a lot of people, you know, not to say like I launched with like two hundred SKUs and like you know right. two hundred styles, whatever. And but I think to come out with product on the level of quality that it is, and have given no have given like no warning to anyone about it yeah it's what i wanted to do mm-hmm. yeah you know i think we all have a similar relationship to the element of surprise to oh, for sure. yeah. fucking yeah. people up and like the way you drop stuff oh like, yeah that being exciting and mm-hmm. creating energy around stuff mm-hmm. like that's something i've always recognized in you and we're super about that oh yeah yeah there's a lot of like you know there's a lot of like talk 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 and you know even when the product like again this thing was like a very like product product first you know yeah Yeah. and there's a lot of people doing really cool shit there's tons of rad you know there's a lot of rad brands there's a lot of that's what's cool now there's no matter what you're into you can go find a, Mm -hmm. a cool version of it now i think but um I thought it would be cool. And that's what I said to Julian too. Like, I was like, yo, no one knows about this. And like, he kind of knew a little bit of my backstory and things I'd worked on by that point. And he's like, I think it meant more than he's like, yeah, word, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I was like, I think it would be so cool to drop this with photos of you, like the biggest rock star, my, I, like my top, top choice out of nowhere and give no warning I said, like, that's the most disrespectful thing you could do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why it was did. fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it is. Um, like, wait, speaking of that word, I, I heard it for the first time recently, people using disrespectful, like, meaning, like, sick. Yeah. Which I'm really into. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, was I like, try not to be disrespectful in, like, a... Yeah. In a but, yeah, word. just in the sense, of, like, it's, like that's the most disrespectful fucking like you know no it was during a dj set with an unnamed friend of the pod i forget what track he played but this kid came up and was like yo dude did you drop that and he was like yeah he was like that was mad disrespectful <laughs> and he was like what like what like what fuck like, what me do you mean? no oh no um and he was like fuck what do you mean he's like like it was dope yeah <laughs> I was like, oh shit never heard but that i guess before. it's like to that's, anyone else yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but i i that's fire I'm no that's sick that. as fuck yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was cool it's like it's been you know the past like and i really hope that like this is another sort of theme with that of me doing that 
as a surprise and like we're not fully out of COVID yet, but I really hope that um, there are people who are like more connected than me, more funded than me, more experienced, mm-hmm. da, 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 down the line, whatever, who have been like working on something in in secret. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I hope that like coming out of this shit, it's like you look around and like, you know, art, music, cuisine, like mm-hmm. architecture, whatever, like kind of come out of this dark period and have it be like, oh yeah, ha ha, I worked on this for yeah, 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 yeah. a year straight and nobody right. knew about it and every yeah. everybody's geeked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's happening a little bit in music right now, I think. Oh, for sure. Definitely. There's albums coming out that are like, incredible mm-hmm. yeah da shit's incredible yeah it is we're big fans you know yeah yeah like the void stuff i've heard is incredible yeah you know yeah so i i really hope that like there's gonna be more of that from people who are creative types that come out of this with just like heat yeah yeah insane yeah. heat <laughs> but yeah i think that this is another thing that's come up time time again on these recent episodes it's like to everyone listening i'll say Force you, make your way through in, the desire for instant gratification and make moves and sounds. Yeah, no, it's huge. And I think that, like, especially for you, I recognize that, like, once there was space created and I didn't know, like, I wasn't totally, you know, talking to you when you broke your shit and, like, you were in the Percocet moment. Yeah. But, like, that actually did, ironically, create space for your mind to get engaged creatively. Yeah. And then COVID kind of exacerbated that. And that's sort of when all the ideas started bubbling. Like, I remember you were like, yeah. you started sending me stuff yeah. a lot. Like I was, there was, Rapid. This, there was like a, yeah, there was a huge burst that like, there's no space or time or creative juice enough to, to do all of that when you are working for someone else and there's this whole other job, there's this whole other brand, there's this, all this mm-hmm. other fabric. Like I saw, I saw like your personality finally being like, Oh, this is what he's going to do. Like, right. Yeah. And that was, that was really cool. And, it is interesting and I feel I feel lucky to have already I feel lucky for the timing with that to have already like had the thing. Yeah. Being the first products that were being worked on and I really feel like I don't know like I I I feel like in the last year I've always thought like when people say like oh manifest is like Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I really feel like in the last year, I've like been speaking things into reality. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is real. It's real. It's stuff. real. It's, it's so real. real. I was like, I want to live in a Richard Neutra crib. And Bam. I was moving out of that spot that yeah. I had at the end of last year. And I'd gone to see like a couple places and like, I was like, let me just, my buddy Anthony found a sick Neutra apartment that, is like a really rare one. And he was like, yeah, I found it on Craigslist. And I remembered that. And I was like, let me go on Craigslist and just see, Mm. let me just type it in. There'll be nothing. And this place popped up and (laughs) that's how I ended up finding this spot. Like super against crazy odds. Like, yeah, like there's no no chance this should have worked. The manifesting shit is actually so real that it like is kind of scary. Like, (laughs) Yeah, and Once that, you realize I, that power's there, it's fucked yeah, up. I, I feel like I that was kind of the thing. I did that with the Julian stuff too. Like I would picture, sure. I would picture like, sounds crazy, but I'd be like in the shower and like picturing like, what could this look like? What are these, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
and they look like that. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Minus, totally. minus maybe the crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll make the crossbows in there. <laughs> I'll live with it. Given the universe the delivers surprises along the way. Yeah. yeah, but I really feel like big theme of this whole thing is like really like, you know, thinking at like top apex level of what you want. Yeah, and just not no compromise. Like I didn't compromise on. That's the thing with this brand that you know, depending on who sees this might, might've read it or heard it somewhere, but like I had to like sell, I became like interested in like other sort of like art furniture at a very like baby level, but watches was the thing I was into. And I sold like this like gold Rolex Submariner that was like my first real watch to like fund it. Yeah. And like the whole way through, like no compromise. And I knew I had to do that to like not take funding and not answer to some, investor guy who's like well you sh- you can't make that the margin on that's terrible this cat and like there was none of that yeah, you know? right right, right. Yeah. and it was all like this is exactly how i see it mm-hmm. and i know it always probably can't be that way but for the first for this first public moment of it and first reveal of like the first products it had to be mm-hmm. yeah and like i'm i'm psyched that i can look back and say like with that first rollout, I don't, there's nothing that I, I wish I could have done. Right. Right. Which is really, not even would have, like could have, there's not anything that I didn't get to really. I think yeah, that's yeah, insanely yeah. rare. And I think that really does only come from figuring it out yourself and answering to no one else. And like, mm-hmm. that is a really hard situation to put yourself in, but you did do that. And that's, that's why it is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's not the fact, it's not that I'm like not open to, I think, you know, just from a smart business perspective, like you do need investment to grow. And I I do picture this thing having the opportunity to get really big and reach a lot of people. But like at that stage, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be fully in the driver's seat and not, not really answer to anyone. And that required like a bit of sacrifice and a bit of like kind of creative yeah. yeah creative financing but yeah you you, you made a stake in your like your cre- creativity where it's like there were no compromises so everywhere it's going to grow from here like you put those seeds in a while ago already now like you yeah. kind of already made it made it what it is which is like a, a theme with like music mm-hmm. and movies too it's like you know if you finance your first movie it's like you're, no one else is going to tell you how to make it if you make your first record and like it's not with a label advance you're going to make that music whatever it is and yeah. like that's the yeah. imprint that everything else becomes based yeah. off of yeah. yeah i also believe like if you're not willing to invest in you why would you expect someone else exactly yeah, totally. huge totally. it's like oh you have more money than no doesn't matter yeah like if you're not going to invest in yourself and figure out a way to make it work why would you expect someone else to invest right anything right even a thought into you but and all of this is to say this goes back to the beginning it's the polite persistence thing it's a lot of people i think a lot of kids take these lessons and they're like i'm gonna just be like a super like headstrong like asshole (laughs) barrel my way through and no compromises and just like insist that it that gets done and um but it's also about you know making people want to work with you and invest in you you know yeah um you need that confidence and you need the persistence and you need to believe in yourself, (laughs) but you also need to be a team player, you know, and that's, that's absolutely. And like any of these people that I've worked with that, you know, 
are viewed as like top players, right. hyper famous, whatever, are like really normal, like yeah. super mm. respectful, you know, humble, oh, some, yeah. like really like normal people. Yeah, it's crazy. We're just sweethearts, you know? It, it's crazy. Yeah. That's what I always say when, when you meet someone like super famous and successful they're usually like 10 times nicer and more open than someone the kind of tier below them. Yeah. It's like yeah. a middle it's tier true. where people are like way more closed off and rude. But then when you see the actual successful people, you're like, oh, cause they're like yeah. good. They're like, make you want to be around them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Those, you know, those environments are tough. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Like, it could be an LA thing. It could be like those sort of working environments, but like a lot of people will pretend they want you to win. Right. They exactly. Don't. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But I've been pretty good at like judging character and kind of mm. knowing yeah, you who's know. up to what, you know, and there's, there's plenty of people that, you know, the yay worlds, you know, a lot of people come in and out of that. Mm-hmm. with different goals and stuff but i'm fortunate to have people like in this space where we've all been attached to really big projects and like you know kind of ended up doing our own thing where um they're just like cool honest people yeah you know well you did it bro you did it <laughs> <laughs> big shouts to you big shouts thanks man yeah i'm psyched this is this is our final moment in LA yeah. of our LA headed to the airport. Crazy. And it feels like a, I was saying the Ion one earlier that like it felt like a perfect way to end this day was with something sick. that was so full circle. Yeah, that's yeah, been sick. so many years in the making, and very proud to yeah. see where you're at. And thank you guys. Yeah, man. And wait, plug it one time. Tell everyone where to buy it. Yeah, the brand is Seekings Seekings dot um, it's on essence.com. Essence has a way better like return policy and all that stuff than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, the greatest. Um, and we co-sign the fuck out of this yeah, brand. I he, wear the he, jeans every exactly. day. I was going to say, they, he did make the perfect jeans. So Yeah, he made Thank them. Guys, they, yeah. The perfect jeans now exist and yeah. you can find them on essence or seekings.co. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. This is sick. I was like, you know, you know me, like I, I'm not super open to doing these types of things often but like i'm so hyped to do it with you guys because it's like i feel like this is you know 10 years in the making yeah it feels it's just rad to see you guys popping off with this and and to be able to sit down and like this this space and be super comfortable with it and like yeah it's rad yeah it's the crossover people have been waiting for (laughs) thanks guys yeah thanks mark All right, what the fuck is really good? I'm back just to say patreon.com slash the ion pack if you want to hear more like this uh, for Seeking's Heads that are hearing us for the first time. Again, my name's Curtis. I did the music for the campaign video. KJ is Ion too. He did the video. You already know. Patreon.com slash the ion pack. Mark Seeking's big shouts. Patreon.